you have single-handedly changed our family because of mastermind because i felt safe enough and realized with your help realized that it's not just about the picking up of the toys and the back talk and the productive conversation scripts it's not about that it's about healing myself and becoming a better version of myself and showing up and being able to be that way for my entire family I really credit you with doing something that I literally have not been able to do with countless therapists and all the journaling and all the thinking and all the meditating and all the things. It was because of you. So thank you for helping heal what I thought was unhealable. Randy Rubenstein, and welcome to the Mastermind Parenting Podcast, where we believe when your thoughts grow, the conversations in your home flow. You're listening to the Mastermind Parenting Podcast with Randy Rubenstein, episode 135. Well, hi guys, I have some news for you. So I'm going to be changing the format of the podcast just a little bit. And we are going to start a professional series where I'm having conversations with other professionals that support women, support moms, support children, um, just a whole plethora, different coaches, therapists, doctors, just want to bring you some different perspectives to the, to the conversation and, um, just give you guys a little, I don't know, I think that I, I think I like to change things up. So I think that it will open up some good conversations and, um, and possibly even bring perspectives from traditional experts that you weren't, you know, you weren't necessarily privy to hear what they really thought, you know, as a, as a, on, on a personal note about different things that involve kids, especially strong-willed kids. So I think, you know, it's one thing when you're in the office or in, in whatever professional's office and you're asking certain questions on behalf of your family, your child. But when you, when you have a conversation with that professional, let's say if you ran into them in your personal life or you were friends with them, um, you might hear things that you're not necessarily hearing within the confines of their office when they've got their jacket on or in their professional hat on. So I thought this would be kind of cool because behind the scenes, I have these conversations with different professionals all the time and I hear what they really think about things. But, you know, I don't know. I don't always feel like I, I didn't feel as a mom when I was a mom in a pediatrician's office or in a different therapist's office, I didn't necessarily hear the things that I hear now when I'm chatting it up with people that are, you know, my colleagues or my friends in my personal life. So that's what I was thinking. I was thinking I would have loved to have known this stuff when I was going through it with a little kid or a medium-sized kid who was giving it to me and acting super defiant. And I was trying to, or just in a bad mood, just, I was just trying to figure things out. Um, so that's what we're going to start. I'm going to be releasing two episodes a month. So uh, the Mastermind Parenting Podcast is not going to drop any, every week anymore. It's going to drop two times a month, the second and the fourth weeks of the month. And 
yeah, so this month is going to be a part one and a part two with my friend and fellow coach colleague, Amy Pearson. And the reason I invited Amy on the podcast is because years ago, I learned what she calls her one-third rule uh, from her. And she she is what she calls a former approval addict, and that's kind of her niche and her specialty. And I've noticed that's like a pretty common thread with a lot of my moms uh, that I work with is that people-pleasing, approval addiction. Um, it all kind of runs together. And so when I learned her one-third rule years ago, I... I've repeated it many times and I found it really helpful and I've found that it's helpful for a lot of people. And I think it's a, I think it's a great tool to learn, especially if you struggle with ever feeling like you just can't say no, or there's, you don't want to disappoint. It's so uncomfortable and your parents are upset with you or your kids are upset with you. And the setting boundaries is so hard and you're just going to that coffee or that dinner because, you know, you just, it's just part of the protocol, but you like everything in your body tells you you don't want to. Or sometimes you feel like a martyr, you're just so sick of doing everything for everyone. Like all of those, all of those pieces of the equation really lend us to believe that you are an approval addict. Um, And maybe you've never thought about this before. So I wanted to have Amy on because she says it like it is and um and I just wanted her to teach her I wanted her to teach her rule to you guys versus me teaching it and I just also um wanted to introduce you guys to it so this week part one will be Amy and I having a conversation talking about lots of things and mostly talking about the one-third rule and then next not roll, but rule. I'm like, what's going on? Uh, and next week, not next week, part two of the Amy Pearson podcast will be in two weeks. And that's when we'll go into the one third that you could consider your, to quote Taylor Swift, your haters. Um, and so that's what we'll talk about on part two. So for this week, You're going to learn all about the one-third rule. I think you'll enjoy being a fly on the wall of mine and Amy's conversation because we are friends and um, and we just have that that friend chemistry going. So it's a you know it's a it's a it's an easy conversation and um, and I really think she's just such a smart mind and wanted you guys to get a taste of her. So. Enjoy. Amy Pearson, founder of Being Amy, is a master life coach, a coach mentor, and instructor for Martha Beck's life coach training. She's a teacher, coach, writer, and speaker, a a former approval addict with the occasional relapse. She is now addicted to success. Her mission is nothing short of world peace by empowering every woman on a mission to magnify their people and make an epic impact doing their own unique thing in the world. Based on years of research into what she calls approval addiction, she created a personality assessment called the approval quiz. And we will include a link to the approval quiz in the show notes for any of you guys who think that you might be an approval addict as well. You can take the approval quiz and I highly encourage you guys to do that and to get on 
Amy's newsletter list because she sends out, I think, some of the most thought-provoking and just easy-to-read quick articles that I think my all of my listeners are going to completely connect with. So thanks for being here. Thank you. You're so you're so kind and generous, and I feel like I'm getting a big boost just in this few, first minute. <laughs> No, because I love you because y'all, Amy was one of the, Amy didn't know me. She was one of the instructors when I did my coach training, I don't know, seven years ago. And, um, and so there was, there were several coach instructors at the time, but whenever it was an Amy call or an Amy replay, I was definitely listening because you're an extremely gifted coach. You really are. And I think what you bring to the table and the reason why I, I like your writing so much is that um, you really, you're just honest. Like all I crave in life are honest conversations and just like, like, let me look through the curtains of your home yeah. and, um, and know like what's really going on there. I want to look through the curtains of your life and, you know, I hate small talk and I, I hate cocktail parties. And so anytime I'm like, um, I just, I just sense it. It's like something intuitively inside of me when I'm around somebody who speaks their truth, Mm -hmm. I trust you, I believe you and I want more of you. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah. And, you know, and it was like when we started becoming friends, which is pretty recently, um, like because you don't bring any ego to the table uh, or you really work hard not to, and you speak Mm -hmm. your truth. Like even me saying, Oh, I loved you when you were one of the coach instructors. Like I could tell for you, there wasn't any, there just didn't seem to be, you were like, Oh, thanks. You know, it was just like, great. And I, I didn't feel like you were like, Oh gosh, now I have to prove that I'm really as together as she thought I was. Like I, like, I feel like you're doing your work of the approval addict because you didn't bring any EO afterwards. We had total honest conversation and I was kind of worried. I was like, I wonder if talking to Amy is going to be like her constantly putting on her coaching hat and being like, well, you know, let's, let's unpack that. Like, you know, you never, like, it's just been girlfriends, real talk and, um, and honesty. So. Well, thank you. I mean, definitely working on trying to get, um, you know, trying not to uh, have so much ego all the time. Um, but definitely the path, um, that I've been on with, with what I call approval addiction, um, and the many layers of that, right? Cause it's like an onion and I'm actually uncovering a new layer. Um, but yeah, I mean, that has really turned everything around for me because in the, you know, in the past it was really all about my ego and either protecting that or, um, reinforcing it or validating it. And that's, I think just, that's how, that's part of being a human. I mean, we struggle with that, but I've felt, I've felt so much freedom on the other side of that work. Mm-hmm. And that's really what this path is. It's really about this. You know, I, I use a lot of humor in my work and I'm pretty irreverent about things, but the bot, I mean, but the work I do is, is very deep. And um, it really is about being able to source what you need from inside whether that's confidence, worth, um, you know, your ability to make choices. And that's been my path. But 
I realized last night that, oh my gosh, here we go. You know, here's another way that this manifests is that, you know, there's this person you trust who has achieved really amazing things and you set aside your own um, wisdom to, you know, do what she recommended. And so I just, you know, I noticed that that happened and, and it's okay. And, um, I've, I've still learned a lot. In fact, I, that was an important lesson for me. It's, it's a pattern. And, um, clearly I still haven't, <laughs> that's <laughs> one layer of it that I still am working on. Um, so, you know, it's, it's just a process. So I have a quiz It's a personality assessment that I created. Um, before I became a coach, I was, um, I was someone who worked in research methods. So I, 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 can do I can put together a pretty pretty good quiz I was very impressed with this, <laughs> this <laughs> quiz. Um, but anyway there are different ways that being someone who is addicted to approval there are different ways that it manifests um, and so there's different types and and so you know I would say an obliger is is maybe someone who I don't know I wouldn't I don't, I'm not sure what category I put that in but my category um, is I call call myself a performer and so a performer is someone who seeks validation by mm -hmm. through achievement. And so they, they seek to kind of shape the way other people view them or also to avoid quote unquote rejection or, or criticism or judgment, which is the other side of all this. Um, they do it through performance, whether that's, you know, actually on stage or whether that's through gold stars and just achievement. So I think what it was for me is that, you know, and this is also part of, you know, if we're going to talk about assessments, we have to talk about strengths finders. And so one of my strengths is that I am someone who achievement is really high on my strengths. And so I'm someone who is motivated by through achievement. It's, it, it has its positives and it has its negatives. So, so when someone that I admire, because another one of my personality approval seeking personality tendencies is hero worshiping. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so if someone I admire is challenging me to achieve, then, mm. you know, it's just like, you know, I go into that autopilot sort of thing. I'm like, let's go. Let's, I want to be able to step up and, you know, achieve and, and I respect this person's perspective. So if they say it's going to be helpful for me, then I will, you know, I'll embrace it. But again, you know, there's shadow and there's light to everyone, everything. Mm -hmm. And so I think for me, I just didn't listen to my own intuition. It's so interesting. I love all these assessments because yeah. more than anything, I know I'm an assessment junkie, but I think more than anything, what it helps us do is it helps us to change the autopilot narrative that we have going on in our own brain, um, which is usually what beats us down, keeps us stuck, makes us feel unworthy um, because we created those beliefs about ourselves when we were much younger yeah. and where we didn't really fully understand the big picture. And so I think a lot of times when we do these assessments, I, I use a collection of assessments um, with people that I work with and I call it zone of genius mm -hmm. to help uncover, you know, what is your zone of genius? Who were you actually born to be before society and everyone that shaped you um, possibly, uh, they, they shaped you in ways that they never intended, mm -hmm. but your little tiny Amy or your little tiny Randy, your little self took in those messages and then created this 
narrative that mm-hmm. constantly beats you down and is not helpful in helping you grow into achieving the life that you want to live that mm-hmm. feels like freedom, right? Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of times these assessments, it can start to undo that old story yeah. and it feels incredibly healing um, and powerful. And I think it's also like, it's, it's interesting to study ourselves. I think so often we spend, many of us spend our lives um, not wanting to face ourselves. We numb, like I think both you and I have that in common where in the past we kind of, when, when it got uncomfortable, um, our go-to strategy to cope with those feelings of discomfort left over from yesteryear were to numb and deflect and, and not to, not to face ourselves. And so I think when we do these assessments and all of a sudden it's like, we're embracing facing ourselves and we're like, Oh, well, I always thought I was a procrastinator, but actually I just work well when I have a fire under me and there's immediacy and a deadline. And that's when I pull out my best work. I don't, I'm not flawed. I'm just meant to work on projects two days before, not two weeks before. Right. And so, um, and so changing Though, you know, just wiggling those stories, I think can feel so freeing for people. Right. And, um, and one of the things like, and, and that's why I really, what I really wanted to bring you on to talk about, Mm -hmm. because I've quoted you so many times and I love your one third rule. Um, I think the one third rule and every time I've shared it with someone, I think it has felt so good for them and so empowering for them. Because I think so many women struggle with approval addiction, people pleasing, the conditioning we have in our culture that we're not even consciously thinking about. But as females, we were conditioned to put everyone before us that if if we're not if we're last on our list, like that's normal. And I'm not saying like. We need to be first on the list every single second because if you're one of your kids comes in right now bleeding, you're going to be like, gotta go. Podcast episode's going to have to wait. Like I need to, I need to stop the bleeding. Yeah, um, sure. So it's not like we're never going to put other people that we care for before us. However, we also deserve to get to be at the top of our list sometimes. And I think our culture conditions us as females not to do that. Mm-hmm. And so um, so I love any of these tools that helps to recondition us in that we understand like, no, we are worthy. We don't have to always be last on the list. And it is not our job to people please or help everyone we love never feel discomfort. Um, like that is yeah. not our role and that is not our job. And, um, and I think that also ties into how much like it can hurt us when other people, when, when sometimes other people just don't like us. Yeah. Right. And, and so your one third rule, I think I want you to explain it. I want it to come from the creator's mouth <laughs> on what the one third rule is, because I, I have found that it has been really helpful for me and really helpful for other people, especially when you are faced with haters in your life, as we all are, especially when we have opinions and we speak up about it and we have honest conversations and we put ourselves out there, the haters are going to come forth and um, tell us what you have to say about that in the one third rule. Well, so if you, if you divide the entire known universe into thirds, um, there are going to be 
three groups. And the, um, the first group is what I would call the haters. And um, the important thing to keep in mind about the haters is that no matter what you do, no matter how hard you work, um, no matter how much you thought and time and care you put into it, um, there is nothing you can do to change that. Um, I remember my mom when I was little, she used to say, Amy, no matter what you do, there are always going to be people who don't like you. And I was a kid, but even as a kid, I knew this was bad news. This was not pleasant news, but something about that felt like relief to me. Um, and so, so anyway, the, the haters, no matter what you do, they're always they're just always not going to like you. I mean, I, I've had this encounter this morning with a strange woman when I walk my dog and I said, good morning to her the other day and she didn't respond to me. And so I repeated myself and she just, anyway, this morning she actually took a picture of me on her phone, like randomly. And I, I just was like, okay, yeah. So that would be a great example. I, for some reason, she does not like me. And you know, it happens in business. You know, these are the people who unsubscribe or send you some nasty, I've been getting a lot of nasty emails. I think people are really stressed out right now. So um, if you don't deal with your shit, that trauma, then you're, you, you, sometimes you lash that out on, on other people as a hater. But anyway, so, you know, that can manifest in different ways, but the, the key is that there's nothing you can do about it. There's another group and those are the neutrals. So the neutrals, um, no matter what you do, same deal. It's like, there's nothing you can do to control it. And this was a difficult one for me. I would say this was the most difficult for me because I always wanted my family to pay attention to me in a certain way and kind of um, support me and be interested in my work and what I wanted. Um, and my family was always, you know, and still they're really neutral about, you know, what I do in terms of my work and my message. And I, it used to drive me crazy that they wouldn't ask about my work or they wouldn't, you know, spend a lot of time I don't know, you're just asking me or supporting me or building me up, you know, and I used to try to get them to change. And there is, there was, and it was just kind of an exercise in continuous frustration. Yeah. Um, and so then there's this other group. Now, this other group, I've been calling them your tribe. I have to find a better word for that. I would just say your people. Um, and these are your people. And what I mean by that is that the more that you can be yourself, unapologetically, uncensored, the more these people, sort of like Randy, I would say you are just such a wonderful example. I mean, we are each other's people. Yeah. Um, because the, the, the more you can be yourself, the more you can speak your truth, um, the more you can be your, you know, then they're, they're wanting more of that. They're supporting you. They're sharing your information on podcasts. Um, you know, they're just, they are just loving it and it's, and it's helping them and it's, it's helping them in some way. And they're the ones, if you're in business and you're an entrepreneur, I always say, these are the ones who pay you great money for you to do what feels natural to you. Um, and the problem, the biggest problem is that the majority of us spend our time thinking about ways that we can win over two thirds of the entire known universe who will never change. And in the process of that, we become invisible to our people so that our people 
the ones who support us, the ones who provide us with that sense of belonging that we need as a fundamental human need, um, they can't even find us. They can't even recognize us because we have become invisible to them. Right. So, so that's the, that's the one third rule. And, you know, I mean, I love to say what, what we focus on grows, what we focus Mm -hmm. on expands. They talk about that in yoga a lot. Mm -hmm. I can't remember. Maybe you remember they talk about like where your energy where your where something goes, your energy flows. It, mm-hmm. There's like a million different ways to say, but, um, and I've talked about this on the podcast and I think I even talked about it recently. Like if I'm saying, don't think about a red car, like you're thinking about a red car. And so when we're focused on, because the other pieces, when we're focused on the two thirds, that will never be our one third. And so our one third, it's almost like, um, We're taking our one third, the people who are super fans and our cheerleaders and and our real people, we're taking them for granted. We're like, yeah, I already got you. I'm going to focus on the hard to get, you know, the the hard to get boy. I want the hard to get boy to like me. And so when we focus on the people that aren't our people and they're never going to be our people, um, it doesn't mean there's something wrong with us. It doesn't mean that we'll forever be... um, destined to be approval junkies. Uh, it really, I think it's the negativity bias that we have as humans where we're constantly scanning our environment for things that feel dangerous or unsafe. And I think it feels emotionally unsafe for us when people don't like us. Mm-hmm. And so we hyper fixate and focus Right. on that lack of safety. And we want to transform them. We want them, we need them to like us, to make us feel safe. Mm-hmm. And, um, but since we are actually evolved humans and we have access to our conscious brains and we can, we can work and do practices to take that primitive thinking offline, mm-hmm. what we can remind ourselves constantly is, oh, those two thirds, they're not your people. And it's actually not personal. It's, you know, you just represent something for them and not everyone is going to be everyone's people. So those two thirds that you're super focused on, that's just because you're a human. That's just because the negativity bias. However, there's all these people in this one third that they want more of you. They want your attention. So what can we do to speak directly to those people and strengthen that group of people? Because ultimately that strengthens me as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, if you look at Maslow's hierarchy of human needs and talks about, you know, how on the top of that, there's this triangle and on the top, there's the self-actualization, which, you know, so many of us, we want to work towards being actualized humans. Um, But the reality is that we can't move. Will you define that for a minute? Self-actualization. I mean, I think I don't, you know, it's really, I think just being someone who is at peace with themselves, who is in the world um, growing and um, is expanding and being of service in their own way, um, using the gifts that they came in with. But the, um, you know, in this, in this triangle, the very bottom is, you know, just our human need, first of all, for water, right? <laughs> and, and food. Um, but then, you know, safety, our need for safety. And you talked about negativity bias um, and the way we scan our environment for threat. Um, but I think one of the, um, I think one of the keys to resilience 
um, is to be able to recognize that where we seek safety is really inside of ourselves. Because Mm -hmm. when we're looking for um, approval, when we're stuck in sort of those approval seeking patterns, and they look different for everyone, which is why I created that quiz, um, is that what we're really afraid of is we're afraid of our, the, the way that it's, it's our shame. It's the shame that we carried, um, that we inherited, um, throughout the years from the messages that we received and the treatment we received, um, and the experiences that we had and the, and the, and the sort of, um, decisions that we made about that, the determinations and judgment we made about that. It's like we've, we've internalized these ideas that they're a part of us that are not fit for human consumption. And so when we're talking about safety, a lot of times we think safety, you know, we need to, we need to scan our environment and be vigilant and protect ourselves. When really what's happening is we're looking for approval to validate our sense of self and we're avoiding rejection or judgment or criticism because we don't want to trigger that part of ourselves that carries shame. So it's like, we think it's, from we think these attacks are coming from outside of ourselves and obviously i'm talking about eternal stuff um but this is really the attacks that we it's the shame that we carry um inside and so when we talk about being a whole human being we talk about resilience um it really comes from being willing to allow yourself to be a whole human being who has the shadow and the light, whether that, you know, and who makes mistakes and who has failures and who, um, you know, has misguided decisions and, you know, falls down. I mean, all of those things are part of the human experience, but I think so many of us go around based on the experiences that we've had when we're younger, um, thinking that somehow we need to be walking this earth as superhuman and that's just not realistic and it's not possible. And we don't have, we haven't learned the ability to support ourselves, to provide ourselves with compassion, to provide ourselves to be the compassionate witness right. um, to ourselves. And so I really, that has been the work that I have done the most recently. And um, it is, and that what that does is it provides you with um, so much safety. It provides you with so much resilience because if you can accept yourself and if you can be that for yourself, then you're untouchable. Well, I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Amy Pearson, and she awesome. Don't worry, there's going to be a part two. That was only part one. And if you are a longtime podcast listener or even a new podcast listener and you just know you're part of my one-third, like it feels like I'm talking to you, we're each other's people, and you know that you need some extra accountability because you're human in terms of making the changes in your home and and affecting your child's life in the way that you're hoping you know I know you want the best for them I know that you want the best for your family then it might make sense for you to come and join our mastermind we have a way of enrolling people in an, on an ongoing basis we, it's called VIP enrollment and it's a hybrid approach to what we typically do you get the benefit of having the group coaching and the community but you also get a whole bunch of one-on-one and we really cater the program 
to meet your family's specific needs. And so you get a lot of one-on-one private coaching and attention and, and access to us and hand-holding. And, um, and it's really an amazing experience. So if that's you, if I'm speaking to you, I want you to hop on our calendar and talk to us about what's going on in your household to find out if the program's right for you. Just go to mastermindparenting.com forward slash call. That's mastermindparenting.com forward slash call. We'd love to have you in the mastermind if you feel like you're one of our one third. 